0: Well, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Average Superstar TV. I am your host, Lauren Lepery. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. And this week's show will definitely be quite entertaining. We are back in the music world, back in where my roots came from, uh, the Pennsylvania hardcore scene, uh, the 570 area. My guest this week has been in Brown Music a very long time. I would definitely put him as one of the founders of the Pennsylvania Hardcore area in the the 570 area. This guy's been in bands such as First Things First, Plank, Label the Trailer, Catfish Bullhead, Hostile Response, Fat Chance, FCK, and Big Wig. This is one of the biggest personalities I've ever met in my life. Um, this is the guy that popped my cherry and took me in my first New York hardcore show. <laughs> With that, I'd like to welcome to the show, Matt Gray.
1: What's up, everyone? What's happening, Lauren?
0: <laughs> Good to see you, friend. Absolutely.
1: Thank you so much for having me on.
0: And thank you. Uh, as we were just chatting before we went live here, Matt's currently uh, getting a whole new house, like just putting to the ground from the, scrat- from the ground up. So uh, he's got a lot going on. So I thank you for uh, giving me your time.
1: It's stressful. I'm doing this once in my life and never, ever again am I doing this. So. I,
0: I I believe you it, dude. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's, it's so much work and it's just stuff that you never even think that like, oh, we didn't even think about steps you know what i mean just random <laughs> shit like you know we're like oh wait we got to put steps on before we can you know move in and
0: you know just, uh, just you, random you know shit. you can find a pair of steps at five below it doesn't cost yeah 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 yeah, yeah 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 i'll get some like inflatable ones <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, or the old wrestling ring steps just rent those you know there now. you go sweet absolutely but Matt, uh, I got into the Pennsylvania hardcore scene in 1993, and I kind of was quiet for two years, just a little bit of Lauren appearances here and there before 1995 came when I kind of said, I'm going to live in this. You were kind of always around. So before we even get to that, when did you know you even wanted to be in music? And when you first started going to shows, were they punk shows or were you going to other like anything that was musical at the time?
1: Um, my first punk show was actually the Ramones in, in Allentown. And um actually my first band I ever saw live. You ready for this?
0: Tell me. New kids on the block. Dude, that's freaking fantastic. I've still not seen them. I've I seen buff. the most- <laughs> oh, oh, bucks. wow. My Great adventure. So
1: anyway, that popped my cherry as in live entertainment. And then uh it was probably the same year, year after I I went and saw the Ramones. And I had been listening to the music, to punk rock and hardcore, and I went and saw the Ramones, and I will never, ever forget that show. It was just like, this is this is my people. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and, and I, it, could, I, I could freeze you right there and say the only time I saw the Ramones, you were there. That was uh, Broome County Arena with Into Another and White oh, Zombie for yeah. 17, $17.50. It was like a Sunday, too. I was like, I, that, that was... And you wow. you were you were telling me you knew what song was next because the Ramones just kind of keep the same <laughs> it's a certain
1: area the Ramones did it like they had their their song listed and it like never never changed you know what I mean yeah you know? they,
0: they, they were did. my seventh band I ever saw like that was like oh, my no third way. third show like my you want to say like big show likewise yeah it was, it sure. was that. that that that's crazy it that was a
1: great show that was yeah awesome. yeah
0: and my first show was Suicidal Tendencies in Allentown, so... Oh, at the, <laughs> yeah. at the bingo hall? No, uh, they opened for Metallica with Danzig at... Uh, that was the fairgrounds, I think, is when they were doing shows. That's right. Okay, yeah. I just yeah, did right? a
1: show there with the starting line, like, two weeks ago. At the yeah, I've never,
0: I've never been to a show there since. Like, I just... Mm-hmm. I don't know if they don't do them, or I just... Nothing interests me. I don't, I don't know what the sure. story is, but... But absolutely. So when you saw the new kids, is this like what, 89, 90? Like when, when is this about? No, 80, 86, 86,
1: 87. I think it was 86, 87, something like that. You know? So it,
0: when, when you, okay, so then that all springs into like the punk rock with the Ramones and everything. Like you start this, start feeling grabbing, you know, getting pulled towards something.
1: Well, I was always a metalhead. You know, hence the Quiet Riot shirt. You know what I mean? I, you know, I was a metalhead, and the only reason I went to see new kids was because it was five bucks, and I wanted yeah. to go meet girls. We were at Great Adventure, my cousin James and I, and we're like, New kids on the blocks playing here for five bucks? Like, let's let's go and see them and we'll meet girls. You know what I mean? Yep. And like I said, that was the first band I ever saw live. You know what I mean? And I, I had, I didn't like them. You know what I mean? It wasn't my thing. I just wanted to go meet girls,
0: you know. And that's why t- t- into metal and everything what's that? And that's why we had tanks in Scranton for so many years. <laughs> the worst bands I in the world are playing. What's this go to meet girls? <laughs> Who cares? It's tanks. All the floors yeah. of uh, women. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's marvelous. <laughs> we were terrible people. But uh <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> so but all right, so where where did you see uh the Ramones? Was did was that in PA? Was that in New York, Jersey? Um that was, I saw him nine times. So that was the first time was
1: the airport bingo hall, which was in Allentown.
0: Oh, we'll definitely let you go into that era of what that club was in a little okay, bit. Sure. We'll, we'll, we'll we'll get back into that. So, Absolutely. but I mean, how, how does one, it's kind of like when I covered in the Pennsylvania hardcore documentary, it's like, I, I, I'm always curious, even though I obviously I put the movie together and stuff, but right. how does one at your age at that time when, There's a scene not about to be developed up in the Scranton Wilkes-Barre area. Even find out to to get to a Ramon show, and two, you 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 weren't driving yet, right? So I mean, how do you get Um, to it? No,
1: I wasn't driving. My cousin James's older brother had just got his license. We were freshmen, and he was a sophomore, and probably through a radio station, probably heard, "Hey, come see the Ramones." Blah blah blah. So he drove us down there to talent to town and from the, my early I, we just got rides from people i'm i was always friends with a lot of older people from our area and and lake Paul pack were a lot of like old um like metalheads and thrashers and like skinhead dudes and they had cars so we would hitch ride with them and go to to, to shows and everything like that
0: got uh, do, you, do you could you recall around what age this is for you 15 16. Okay, fifteen, sixteen. All right, so you're you're off with with, with going to shows. So I'm curious between like you know you know the American Youth guys, the option you and Dan Dan from FCK and all that. Like how who like raises the flag and says I got an idea to start a hardcore scene in Pennsylvania. Like how how does this come together? Um,
1: in my opinion, um. And I've I've said this before. um, When it comes to CC's, I I know I'm kind of fast forwarding here, though a little bit. To me, Dan Engelson from Fat Chance FCK Plank. I mean, he he was the first one that did shows there and everything like that. He was constantly in talks with Vince. Like I said, this is a conversation for down the line. Yes. But out by where I lived, um, like I said, we had the older metalheads, thrashers, skinheads, dude, skinhead dudes, and they didn't. Some of them didn't play instruments, so they're like, hey, these younger dudes they they can well we couldn't play for shit but you know these guys play drums bass you know anybody can sing you know what I mean you know what I mean which i don't agree with anymore but you know what i mean um yeah. and i think the the older people that you wouldn't see on the scene as much they kind of took us in under their reins um we didn't start anything i don't think because there was people
0: before us you know what i mean like what, what was there a lot Before you though because I'm like like no What no. would you yeah I was gonna say Like no. would you say I mean According to what at least what I put together My own movie sure, it, yeah, seemed yeah. Like, it seemed like 1989 was kind Of when there, there was a, a Spark
1: booming yes yeah. And I, I definitely I definitely Agree with you um yeah Because it was more just like Local shows and stuff like that There wasn't really anything of like our You know of our of our our shows and our places obviously tanks cc's you know home base man of screen all those you know they weren't really developed yet at no, that stage far. you know what they, i
0: mean so, so where, where are you having shows and was it when when i got into the scene around 93 it would be like i went to the underground in wilkes-barre mm-hmm. the factory so factory. that. In that era, you had like you had hardcore bands, but you also might had a punk band, a death metal band. Hey, here's this hippie kind of group over here, and this rap, hip hop sort of band. It was kind of like there's not enough of these genres right. to make a show. So it's all come together and Absolutely. it gelled. And it, sure. it gelled, but like that is that what's going on before my time, like 89, uh, um, yeah. 90? Yeah. Kind of anything it- to get people together?
1: Yeah. And it, that's exactly what it was too. Cause you know what it was? It was local keg parties and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And like me and my friends from high school, you know, us being big Ramones fan, we knew like every Ramones song. So we would get up at like keg parties and, you know, they'd be be playing like old time rock and roll, you know what I mean? Or like a Doors tune and we'd get on, we'd have shaving heads, you know what I mean? Or, you know, like Mohawks and shit. And we'd get on and you'd be like, what the hell is this shit? You know what I mean? And all the, all, you know, you know, if the, if the middle heads weren't there, the thrashers or the skinheads, you know what I mean? We just I'd go into this party and, you know what I mean? We'd raise hell, we'd get on their kit, you know, the, their instruments and just play and have fun. You know what I mean? So I think that's what it was. Local parties and stuff like that. Backyards, you know, shit like that.
0: Yeah, because I, I could say, yeah, when you, when I met you, you know, yeah, uh, I met you at, I know the exact place I met you. I met you at a Kingston, uh keystone junior college at the time it was uh sure. it, it was uh my like new school and option and i can't remember the rest of the lineup and i think vod was supposed to play but they didn't like i <laughs> one of the many times vod was scheduled and they didn't but Absolutely. I, I, rem- I remember that's exactly where i met you and then i remember like holmesdale had uh not just skating but i won't call that a hardcore sure. show but right you yeah know, yep. your, your band's playing and one thing i always dug I definitely latched on to you, dude. You know me; I was calling you every week. I still have your mother's phone number buried in my head and stuff. But... It's still the same. <laughs> <It's> still... <laughs> okay, I won't say it for on the air, but like I, you know, oh, yeah, and, no, it's good. but uh, Yeah, yeah, but but uh, still the same. <laughs> well, the, the thing why I always went with you was there would be hardcore shows, strictly hardcore. By the time I I, I came a staple, but you sure. always knew. Well, I would be like you and FCK playing this place in Newfoundland or just this little, you always found, you always knew what it was like. They weren't really shows, but a hardcore band was playing. And I just, I, I I would, I I went every time either went to your house, jumped in with you. So I didn't have to worry about directions or you gave me directions and I found it, you know, what what we did, my man. Absolutely. (laughs) And for anybody also who, uh, to tell you how this ridiculous this was, sometimes like Matt would tell me about a party and I always say, "Well, like, can I just show up? Do I? Do I like <laughs> can, like? Is this, am I invited? Is this person gonna be like, who the hell are you?' and slam the door in the face?" It's like, dude, I'm not really invited. And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, let's go and see what happens. <laughs> so- <laughs> I missed that. I so yeah. missed
1: that, man. That was <laughs> amazing times. You know, what no, I mean? it really
0: was, man. I mean, there were sometimes <laughs> I'd be like, who, who. Who are you're cool, but who are you? Who told you to be here? But you, <laughs> out
1: of all the times that I've done that, once at a, at a frat party in Scranton, I almost got the shit out of me. Oh, really? Were you with me for that? Um, It was I like was late about,
0: I don't know about the beating the shit out. Of it. I think I remember that. I do remember we were either in Dunmore or West somewhere in Scranton where we went to someone's house. And okay. one of the girls was like, who are, who are they Get you know, they, they, there was about 10 of us and she threw us out and we were like, you know, who who are you? But there was no I'm, show, I'm, it was like a random house party. Yeah.
1: I think that was probably it because I think I was like in late Hall pack and it was kind of late and we went, I thought it was off a of green, on that not green Ridge. It was in downtown Scranton. I'm almost positive. And I don't remember a I,
0: I, at, uh, that. So it's no, not no, different.
1: no. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I don't want I don't want to embellish on the story or anything like that. But the girl came up to me, and she's, like, who are you? And somebody was standing next to me, and they're like, who are you guys? I go, I don't know who that is. I picked them up hitchhiking. She goes, you're a fucking asshole. And I go, and I'm trying to break the ice. I'm just trying to be yeah, an idiot yeah. here. You know what I mean? I'm not, you know, no tough guy or whatever. You know what I mean? So next thing you know, these guys come up to me, and they're like, who are you guys with? Blah, blah, blah. And we're like, we're just looking for a party. They're like, you know, were you invited? And I, it might have been the same one. I don't know. But.
0: Yeah, it, it, it was Point there wasn't a lot of, if there was there wasn't a lot of people there, but that right. But if you want to say, I did that about fifty times you. You probably did that another hundred by yourself. If that's our only like <laughs> you know, We did pretty good. We we <laughs> we definitely did pretty good, man. The starting line played
1: a show with Snoop Dogg in Ithaca College. So Neil Husvar was with us. Obviously, oh, we all know love and know Neil. So he was with us, and we all trailed it to this, like, frat party, and we had to climb up, like, these these outside fire escape steps to get in and climb through a window. And everybody turns and, like, looks at us. And it's, like, the starting line, deal. And I think Milo was with us, you know, our friend Milo yeah. and everything like that. And he was with us. And it, um, and it was just very uncomfortable. And it was, like, I think we stayed maybe five, ten minutes, and we're, like, yeah, we got to get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? So – Back out the window down the fire, fire fire escape steps. We're like, we gotta get out of here. So
0: Yeah, that it, it's crazy because for anybody who's like not from our area, and there's a lot of probably people listening that aren't, but you had to realize when you lived in the Scranton area, all the way up to where Matt lives, like in Hawley PA and Lake Wall and Paul Pack and Carbondale, where I came from, like you had two choices. You either sat at home on your ass and watched movies, or you just got in your car and hoped for the best. Like, yeah. You just made phone calls, and if there was just a spark of something to do, yeah. I mean, we did crazy. I remember, like, even on weeknights. I don't know how far away your your area is from Newfoundland, but remember, uh, who was that dude's house that we always had, you always had parties at with at uh, exit six?
1: Um, it was uh probably Wilson Walt or Pete Lynch from uh, Fat Chance. The yeah, yeah. Had a but had yeah he had a, um
0: he had a he had a stage in his backyard. Stage in the backyard. Yeah, oh stage what, in the backyard, it? uh right by where next uh Nick X used to live. There used to be uh Oh,
1: it's gotta be Walt Wilson because Walt lived right next to right next to Nick. Okay, like, right, yeah, right yeah. around yeah. The, I don't remember him having a stage though. I'm trying to think. He Your, got me on this. Well Catfish
0: Bullhead played a million times there.
1: Oh my god, I'm yeah. old. Okay.
0: There was a little. Yeah, so, you had a little late, little pond. It in would the- have
1: been Joe Greb's house. It was at like a, a farmer. I know exactly what you're talking about. It was either Pete Lynch, um, the guys from Fat Chance. It would have been those yeah, guys. Yeah, It would yeah. have been their ha- house. Yes. Yep. That's where it would have been.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I remember, like, even on a weeknight, like, like it'd be like, <laughs> like Thursday. We're just gonna go stop up there. There's only a few people, but I would drive an hour just for something to do for three hours and then get back in the car and drive another hour home. But that's how like loyal we were to the scene and each other. Like we, we Absolutely. You, know, you had a good camaraderie, my man. Absolutely. Yeah. Without now right by where Nick would throw the shows too, like the, the, the two or three before it ended and all that. But sure. that's, that's, uh that's the Scranton wilkes legacy. You might get a show or two out of a venue and they'd see us throwing high kicks and all that. And they'd be like, they thought we were all fighting each other but we weren't (laughs) absolutely that's why i'm surprised the venues that we did
1: have i'm surprised they lasted that long and just the the legacy behind them
0: and just they're iconic you know what i mean i mean yeah and you you look at now like the whole world kind of caught up with like tattoos and like more rougher look but we were starting that in the scranton area in the 90s and you got a lot of eyes on you yeah, you know what I mean. We all did the girls too. You know, they'd be like, "What's what that girl have? What's what's that girl got in her <laughs> nose?" To <You know? laughs> fall into
1: so, a tackle box.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. So walking fishing lure. What's wrong with her? You know. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's crazy. But so, but we got a little head there. But med Scott here. So the the pancake house you had going. I mean, that was all Dan, right? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. That would have been Dan doing uh. The, the pancake house as well
0: and this yeah. is like the, the night i'm just kind of curious before like we crash into cc's and stuff obviously because we could be there forever but like yeah, what, well, there, what well, other places are you are you guys having played, shows at even uh, to start
1: we actually had believe it or not like some weird shows at like Honesdale high school um Wal-Paul pack high school we did like I I don't know if it was a show, but there was it was like the talent show battle of the bands thing, but it was live music entertainment. You know what I mean? Um, like I said, parties. Um, as far as venues, like I said, there really wasn't much. Um White Mills Fire Hall. We had a couple shows there. And Tafton, Dan was doing some shows, but that was probably I think you would have been around for that. You would have been definitely around for um Tafton PA. What the heck was the name of that place? Oh my god. Like Candiria played there. No Redeeming Social Value played
0: there. Shia oh. Played there. Okay. That, Breakers. Yeah, I that. Breakers. Yeah. And I, Breakers. Final, my band, even Final Stand, played that one. I think it was the last one they ever had there, too. Yeah. That's right. Yep. I, I have yeah. a flyer for that, actually, too. And I still got those cool photos of us of Candier, with Candiria and No Redeeming. So that was, that was a, those were fun nights, my friend. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And Guardrail cool. played that show. So that, Cool. Yeah, but, oh man, crazy freaking times. But so before, but then you, then I guess we got the underground and Wilkes The first show I was at my, my, was that like kind of, I guess in a way, like the first club beside outside, of, maybe, from my outside memory, of the roller rink in in Nanicoke, Would you say like club wise, that they, they were kind of the first? The factory, right? Yeah, yeah. From my memory, I would say yes, definitely. I would say
1: um. Uh, what was that? Nana Cloak Skate? Wasn't there like a skate
0: game? was it? I think Skate-rama, it was Gatorama,
1: something oh. like that that was there. But I think I was maybe two. I, I'm sure first things first, I know we played there, but um, there might have been that I went maybe two shows that I went there. You know what I mean? So that was yeah, more that, of Neil, Steve, you know, the guys from Options. I like Lamb. You know
0: what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Totally.
1: But yeah, as far as, like I said, from my memory, yeah. Before that, like would be the factory from what I remember, just kind of as a venue, you know?
0: Yeah. Okay. And and yeah. It, so when I showed up in 93, I remember like Jeff Dixon and uh, Mike Chance, Jay Hudak, sure. that guy's from option. And then I remember from 93 to 94, I may have hit 10 shows because I didn't, I, I didn't, you know, I'm this kid working at a donut shop making $3 right. an hour under the table. It took me a while to get a car. So sure. ninety five when I jumped in full time, I remember their faces, and that's where I met you and the right. chain reaction, you know. And I, I never Absolutely. left, you know. Right. It was crazy because everyone was just by then we it, CC's already was cons- consistent, established, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think Spanky's may have been rolling by then too by ninety five. So if we All were in lucky,
1: right? Yeah,
0: yeah. So if yep. we were lucky, we Great had venue. one on one on one day, and you know, one the next for the weekend, and we we. It'd be the same people. This is the craziest sure. thing. It was like the same the same 80% of the people.
1: Absolutely. At every show. It's, it's weird. So getting back, like how you said, I've about venues. It's weird. Cause like when I started to go into shows, I, I was going to like Allentown and Trenton to city gardens or to the Anthrax club in Connecticut or CBGB's or to the Irving, uh, Irving Plaza, the Ritz. Um, so I was, we were driving all over the place. So, because it was hard to get our little scene started at a venue besides like a VFW or a backyard kegger you know what i mean yeah yeah you know and and that's that's when I'm, like it like i said from my memory it kind of like that kind of sparked maybe around 90 91 92 and things started to take off because otherwise we were going to city gardens or the anthrax club or you know i mean airport bingo hall
0: you know venues like that and back, and back then, your era there, you're, when you said it was probably about consistently, I mean, there was sort of was a lot more bands, but there was probably only about like a starting eight bands at all times, you know, to be like the American youth and the side over and the option oh, yeah. and playing. It's like they would break up and just form another band, but it was kind of sure. like the same five to eight bands before
1: 95.
0: Because there wasn't
1: that many of us.
0: There, yeah. there, there wasn't. And then as more people came, I'd say right. 1995 w- w- with uh, with the CC's era. That's when the New York hardcore like bit the Pennsylvania hardcore scene. It kind of changed everything. Like everybody, sure. we, we were all attracted to it, including me. Like we all we absolutely. all loved that. Work. Yeah, so right. kind of like kind of killed that era. But I loved when those bands hung around because it's like yeah, that's, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, it, it, yeah. And then. You know, and that's crazy because by the time you flip to two thousand, Scranton Wilkesburg had so many bands that made impacts. It was it's crazy what they formed into awesome. at least. You know, awesome, yeah. But yeah. so, I mean, what 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 were like? Uh, so, do you have like any particular memories from back in the day that like people should know about? Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, how about uh, this you- one? What, let's go into with this our soft PC world. Want to? Do you want to explain everybody what the airport music hall was most known for? Oh, Nazi skinheads. Oh yeah, Nazi but when bone you say Nazi, heads, skinheads, they're boneheads. So, but yeah. when when you say that, I think a lot of people think like, oh, there was like five or six racist people causing trouble. Explain oh, to them. Explain to terrifying. them the, the monster number of people they had.
1: Okay, so this is a this is a great story. I saw the bad brains there. And in the pit, in the center of the pit, the boneheads were hanging a huge swastika banner. I shit you not, a huge—I mean, it had to be ten-foot swastika banner, dude. It was fucking insane. insane. And did the, bad,
0: did the bad brains keep playing or did they stop?
1: Yeah, they kept playing. They kept. From my memory, they kept playing. Um, there was fight after fight after fight after fight. Obviously, um. I'm sure you I'm sure you've heard about the famous riot show. I was obviously at that that show where there was guns, there was mace, there was broken glass, there was broken windows, blah blah blah. Um and Would you I, say,
0: what was an average number? Like a good number of per show that they showed up in numbers. Was it really about like 50 to 100 always
1: in my memory? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. from what I remember. Hell yeah. It was like we were we were the minority you know what i mean but it's so funny because i remember we would used to go to the um allentown uh what do you call it allentown mall first and we'd walk around the mall before you know we'd be mall rats then we would go to the show and i saw some nazis there and i walked by and i think i had i was weird i I was wearing like a punk rock uh trench coat you know what i mean like with patches and the pins all over it and uh and uh the, the one Nazi bonehead. He goes, "Hey man, how you doing tonight And I was like, "Hey, what's up, man?" And I was just like thinking, like, and then like two hours later, the dude's probably trying to kick my ass. You know what I mean? It was just yeah. weird because it was like he was he was kind of nice out of the element, but in that, you know what I mean? It, it's like he wanted to prove something and be asshole. I got a great I got a great Allentown story where I got jumped jumped on. I got a good story
0: on that please give give that one i think i may have heard this one but give it for the audience go for it so um me and my girl slash friend we were
1: um walking there was a venue called oliver J's in downtown allentown Uh, a lot of great hardcore shows blah 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 me and my girl slash wasn't girlfriend this this girl that i knew from school went to the car walking back so i got approached by three 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 black guys you know what i mean and the dude looks at me. He's like, "Yo, you illin?" And I didn't say anything. And I kept, you know, moving. And he pushed me. And he punched me in the face. So I kind of fell to the ground. And I got back. And I'm, I'm a pussy. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm fucking. My heart's pumping, pumping, pumping. I'm like this. I'm like this. And they, they start to, sh- they're just swinging at me. And they're missing. And I'm like, is things like in slow motion? So they're wasted. They're wasted, drunk, right? So they're, they're swinging. And, and my, my girl slash friend, she's yelling. She's freaking out. And the guys stop. And I'm like, what the fuck is they stop for? And I turn around, and there's like 50 punk rockers looking at them. Remember Big Trouble, Little China? <laughs> ah! <laughs> you, know, you know that scene in Big Trouble? Oh, I swear to yeah. you, that's what it was. So me, being a fucking little dick, I turn around, what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> <Bruh!"> like <50 laughs> punk rockers after these three guys, right? So then we go back to the show and what happens? Their posse of people show up and then there's a fight outside and this main cool skinhead, not Nazi bonehead comes up to me. He's like, who was it? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I I, I have no idea. You know what I mean? I was terrified. Long story short, that was Chuck from Weston. Wow. Okay. And I never found that. Now that was 1987 probably. And I did not realize that until Weston played a show in Wilkes-Barre, 93 or something like that. Somehow we got talking and I'm like, wait a minute. Did you have a sleeveless red colored 76% uncertain that was a band shirt? He goes, yeah. I go, I got a fucking story for you.
0: <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, just going back about we're in a world today where everybody like runs their mouth and there's almost like no repercussions. Like, Explain to them like there's 50 hundreds, even 150 skinheads and stuff. Was it you were the minority? So it was basically for you and everybody in the scene there that wanted to go see these bands, you basically had right. to go there and keep your mouth shut because if you opened oh. it and didn't agree with them in any way, right? You you weren't getting out of the parking lot, right?
1: I was I was handed like white aryan war flyers, white aryan resistance, and it was like they'd walk up to you. And if you didn't take it, they'd pop you in the face. Yep. And wow. that was that, I remember that, that was at City Gardens when um, when there was the big, because um, it seemed like from my memory I don't, it seemed like they got kicked out of Airport Bingo Hall and went to City Gardens, or maybe it was back and forth, I can't remember. But I'm okay. sure it was like the same click of the fucking assholes. You know what I mean? Um, but it definitely at City Gardens, I remember that aspect happening. And the one time somebody came up to me and Big, huge, fucking bonehead, and was like, "Thank you." You know what I mean? am yeah. like, you know, like, you know, it's we it, we were outnumbered without a doubt. You know what I mean? You know, I say something, I'm I'm fucking gone. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean, well, was it really hard to like, outside of what you just said with that one story? I mean, it was hard to challenge them, and there's just so many numbers like oh, that, yeah. right? I mean, oh. what what was it just basically a bully mentality where did would like I keep keep in mind for the audience oh, yeah. between. Between City Gardens and Airport Musical, I never made a show there. So I only got, you know, seconds. Right. But I mean, did anyone ever try taking them on? Like, oh, th- like, all right, the next show in three weeks, we're we're bringing our guys, you bring yours. Did yes. that ever really happen?
1: But yes, it did. But you have to remember, I mean, Lauren, I was 15, 16 year old, years old, yeah. a country boy. You know, I don't live in any cities. You know, you lived in Carbondale. I live, you, you know, where I live. Yeah. <laughs> my neighbors are fucking bear. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those are my neighbors out back. They're bear, you know, yeah. legitimately. There was one like a week ago. Anyway, so I, I'm a skinny, scrawny 15, 16 year old country boy, way out of my element in Allentown or in Trenton, New Jersey. You know what I mean? Um, But, yeah, over the time, there was more resistance. And the more resistance that got, the little more cocky, I became, you know, some of my friends came, you know, well, no, all of it came, you know what I mean? And it was just like, you know what? We're not going to be fucking afraid of these guys anymore, and we're going to start to push them out. You know what I mean? Yeah. How, no matter what, you know what I mean? And then
0: that's what happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was, I mean, there's there sometimes, I don't know what's fact from fiction, but like that here sure. about time, like, like they actually... Pulled their cars in and stealed in the parking lot I don't know if they were looking for somebody Or something well one point
1: I missed that I'm sorry what was that now That pulled in <laughs> I
0: heard something went down And people were, were trying to leave And the skinheads kind of like blocked the parking lot With their cars like no one's leaving Until they find that I that, I don't know for that sure That never happened
1: to me so that could be someone else's story Yeah. Like I said this is so many years ago You know You know everybody's brains is you know Oh gosh, not as, yeah, not as keen. <laughs> Thirty some <laughs> years back, 30, you know what I mean? You
0: know? Yeah, so they had a big presence, and I don't think they Absolutely. ever did ever did since. It's not like well, the the music hall had to close down. The guy that ran it, said, but like they they literally Allentown didn't want it no more because of that. So right, they, it was a bad team. Yeah, they had a full shop, and they were definitely still around, but I don't think I think that was like the heyday prime for them it
1: was, it was for the heyday the airport go hall and and city gardens and i saw both sides of it you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and and when we would go to, at least we went to airport at least we knew like some of the scranton guys you know what i mean so we felt like you know we had a little bit more of like you know backup you know what i mean but like city gardens it'd be like us and three people in one car Driving to Trenton, and we didn't know anybody at that point. You know what I mean? So, it'd be like me and four or five friends, one car, maybe two cars if we were lucky with people. And she, Kyle, she, Kyle. You know what I mean? And we're like, holy shit!
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. This is
1: terrifying. Yeah.
0: You know? I, I, I just say that today with the way everybody runs their mouth and stuff and yells racist left and right. It's like, well, you didn't have to. You didn't try going to a, a music scene where. It was at that time dominated by them. And yeah, they, yeah. Could ba- they could basically say what they want. And then and if you want to open your mouth, go right ahead. Yeah. But you can fucking were,
1: swastika flag for pet brains like huge. I was like, holy yeah. shit, this is insanity.
0: You know? Yeah, that, and that you know, hardcore was scarier before that, but I mean by the time I, I got I could say when I got full time in 95, we had enough of us at that at cc's like right. we we had hundreds of of normal people right. all but the new so they didn't really show up they they kind of knew no. they, they couldn't do that anymore
1: somebody had a hitler shirt at at cc's one time and wow. he was walking in and and me of all people because i'm not a confrontational guy i'm not you know what i mean I'm yeah. not laid back positive guy I, I i went up to him and i'm like you need to change that shirt What do you mean? I'm like, you need to turn that shirt inside out. You walk in here, you're going to get fucked. And that's what I said. And he turned it inside out. (laughs) Don't remember who it was. Don't remember. It was like a Hitler shirt or something. It was fucked up, like a Millie Moore or something. It was really just fucking flat out racist and like ignorant. You know what I mean? I don't remember. Big, big guy. I just remember he was a kind of a dude. I was like, you need to turn that shirt inside out. You basically had a way.
0: You showed him mercy. You could have just let that guy walk into a nightmare
1: yeah but you know yeah. i mean i'm a nice guy yeah. you know that i, I know
0: yeah, you, you weren't you were definitely one who didn't like fights you what you were more of the no. keep everything upbeat not not the yeah. to hurt yeah because the fight that happened in our era <laughs> you know it was that was just a big dick contest there was nothing we so, ever had to worry about as far as race right. yeah you know? yeah no no <laughs> so it's crazy so you uh, and I can honestly say to you, dude, um, my entire era of listening to music, period, the three bands I've seen most in my life is definitely Crutch, RSB, and without a doubt, Catfish Bullhead is probably the most number one band I've ever seen, probably about a hundred times.
1: <laughs> oh, that's cool! Wow, thank it, you.
0: It, <laughs> it's, it's great. Well, you get the you get the extra bonus points because of all those like side parties you'd play. There you go. You know, in the house parties, that, because, like, the, that's not oh, a real show. You were yeah. just playing, just because, why not? So much fun. Because the
1: girls. Yeah, that's right.
0: I mean, you know.
1: <laughs> You're in a band? <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm in a band. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, you, uh, dude, so I leave the scranton Wilkes Barre area for uh, Philadelphia in... Sure. August of 99, when did you start breaking, like trying to make a living and helping other, whether it was being in a band or a drum tech, like where does that Um, start with you? And
1: I joined the band big wake from New Jersey in 1996. And I remember I was playing in a band called the fakes, very short lived band, like six months. And um, we were playing at Spanky's in Stroudsburg and the singer of of Bigwig came to see me play. And he's like, he's like, hey, he's like, I'm, we're looking for a drummer. He's like, you want to go on tour? I go, yeah. He goes, okay. And I'm like, you don't even know if I'm a good drummer. He's like, well, I'm here to see you. I heard good things about you. So I played, get off stage. He's like, here's my number, give me a call. And with that, I joined the band Bigwig. And that was 1996. And we toured constantly, Lauren, I, in my seven years of being in Bigwig, did over six hundred and twenty-five shows.
0: Wow! In seven years, we played I remember, constantly. I constantly. remember, and, and for a while, you were on—you were on the Warm tour because I remember getting on your in your tour Weston. bus a couple of times. Like if it'd be like Philadelphia and Asbury Park. You know, I'd come right. down you the rest of the band will be all crashed out. Of course, you're one of the yep. first ones up and running around and stuff. But absolutely,
1: yeah. But um, it, it was um, uh, yeah. Like Bigwig, I recorded two records with them, and without getting any into it, like um, the singer and I, we had our differences, and uh, I, I should have known it. Like I, I didn't get paid for the first five years of playing in Bigwig. Wow, I received no money. And I should have known that because when we played Warped Tour in 1997 in front of like 4,000. We played Warped Tour in 1997 in front of like four or 5,000 people. We went up against Dropkick Murphys, and we still had like 4,000 people watch us. Roger from Less Than Jake threw his bass down on the main stage and ran over and was circle pitting in our pit for us. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and we got paid – 15 grand that night, I didn't see a dime of it. Fifteen grand huh? one show.
0: So I'm just kind of curious, what are you living on in the tour though? If you're not getting paid, is it just like an everyday allowance of like what w- we starved uh-huh.
1: we starved when I recorded my first record with Big Wig, we ate we bought a loaf of bread and we go take ketchup and we put ketchup on bread and that's what we ate. I shit you not. I'm not trying to sound like starving yeah, yeah. musician. I fucking starved, and we did. I have a picture of our bass player, John Castello, eating a can of soup out of the can. Just, like, the lid's like this, and he's eating it. Dude, we seriously, you know, because we, we recorded in Hollywood, you know what I mean? Like, right off the Hollywood, right on Hollywood Boulevard, I was walking every day for, like, 48 days. And long story short, we were supposed to play a bunch of shows to get money, and our singer Tom, we played the whiskey a Go-Go, you know, in L.A., And he jumped up in the air and he landed and he ripped his ACL on stage. I fucking hate the guy, but he did finish the set singing and then it took him to the ER and we had to finish our first record that I did with big wig while he was on, while he was on crutches. I I got, I I had some health issues pop up. I don't want to talk about it on, on the air, but you know what I mean? But, uh, I got, I got fucked up, and uh, <laughs> I don't want anyone to go into it. it. It turned into a nightmare. We we didn't make, we weren't making money. Tom was stealing all the money. I can say it now, because it's 50 million years later, and okay. everybody knows. And, and I'll tell you, Lauren, and everybody said, all my friends, my family, they're like, Matt, if you're not getting paid, why are you doing it? And I said, you know why? Because I love the music, OK? I will sacrifice my life for this. I love the music. I really enjoyed the music. I had fun playing with the band. Um, And you know what, Lauren, I could always go home. And you know me, I've been painting houses since like 1993. And guess what I was doing today? Painting houses. So I either took the sacrifice by staying in a band. And after five years, I started making some money. You know what I mean? Which was cool. (laughs) You know what I mean? And, um, when I started making money, Tom wasn't into it, and I signed a bullshit contract. I got kicked out of the
0: band, and Tom took my my money. Gotcha. Without even
1: that's a whole other conversation. Fuck that guy.
0: But anyway, <laughs> gotcha. So as far as um, not to keep you the the Tom thing oh, yeah. going. But when you yeah, said oh, yeah. like, all you guys are you're on tour and you're how are you getting town to town though? Like I know it's it's the '90s and gas is still a dollar. Well, like right. how, how are the five of you or four of you living? Like, like, right. like. Okay.
1: Right. I mean, we we had a lot. We had we had stickers. We had all types of shirts, all types of hoodies, all types of beanies, trucker caps, stickers. We had bottle openers. Are you ready? Oh, I have it right here. We had night lights. Yep, we okay. had lights. We were gonna get condoms that said "Now you're fucking with Bigwig," but it never happened. <laughs> um. Merchandise, uh patches. Remember when remember in the nineties everybody had oh, patches? Yeah, 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 patches, um it, merchandise. Like if our guarantee was like a hundred bucks or whatever, blah blah blah. You know what I mean? It we you know if we sold 250, 300 bucks a night in merch, that would get us, and we didn't stay at hotels those days, we were staying yeah. at like the mobile, you know what I mean? You know, we were pulling into the mobile station and sleeping in a van, or we camped out actually a lot of times, like state parks and shit like that.
0: Got you, you know, but, but- I mean, as far as one last hit with the the whole thing with Tom, but like, uh, basically, if Tom was getting the money, would you say the label you were under was honest and was like paying Tom and thought that Tom was going to spread the money out? Or or was this another uh, label label nightmare where you weren't getting really paid too much at all? I have full
1: faith in fearless records and Kung Fu records absolutely okay. no they didn't know that we weren't getting paid and, and it's like it, it came to fruition like i said about five years people started to pick up on it and the band and i know for a fact i could say this now because i don't really tour bands anymore anyway i mean well i'm with the starting line and everything like that but like bigger band like rise against like got huge yes, like we did. knew rise against and they knew that tom was an asshole. and, and i in my my personal opinion we did not go on tour with certain bands because Tom was known for being a dick, not paying his pan- band members, and being very difficult to work with. Um, yeah. I, I'm almost positive we didn't go on tour. We did a bunch of shows with Les and Jake. God, I love those guys. You know what I mean? But I know to go on a full tour with them because Tom's an asshole. Pennywise, Tom's an asshole. No Effects, Tom's an asshole. Rise Against, Tom's an asshole. They know. Right. They all all of those bands, because we played that genre. I don't for people that don't know, we were like more lumped in with that genre of yeah punk rock.
0: You know what I mean? You know, you know the, like, the you know, War towards staples is everyone used yeah, yeah. besides bad religion, like they're probably the number one, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: But like we never like, you know, we did shows with Pennywise, obviously a lot, a lot with less than Jake, um, you know what I mean? A few with Rise Against, but I honestly think Tom ruined his own band. By just not being a cool dude, you know what I mean? By, by taking care of his members, you know what I mean? And, and he ruined it. And I, I for, for the rest of my life, know the fact that he did, you know what I mean? But like I said, I could have quit anytime, time, but I'd come home, what would I be doing? At least I was on the road, touring around the country, seeing things.
0: You can't take yeah. away the, regardless of how hard it was with him and just being, in a, even if you wasn't that band, another band. Sure. It's it's hard to be in a band. You got to see things, dude, and you got, sure,
1: yeah. You yeah. just said
0: six hundred shows that right of memories that people yeah. only wish they could have, man. And it, you know looked, what? Oh, I'm oh, sorry. No, I was I gonna say it looked, what it led to. I mean, you're yeah. oh, sure. you still going. I mean, you you know, you, you fill in for uh. When Luke can't play the shows in Wisdom and Chains, you're, you're normally the guy that that fills in. So there's a
1: reason that band still exists because they're all awesome dudes, that's such right. great dudes, and they take care of each other. But um, yes. in '96 I started touring with Bigwig. So 1997, I have been keeping a journal every day of my life since 1997. Here's my journal for 2022. <laughs> okay, that's me. <laughs> I love it, so, dude. I have these since 1997. Every day, wow. I didn't do yes. I didn't do the last three days. I got to catch up gotcha. because Lauren. I started touring in '96, and I'm going all over the country. I'm like, I got to document this. So, yeah, all the, all the times we hung out, documented, brother.
0: That's freaking marvelous. That could, all because it, down. Because if I ever make a, another doc of uh, uh, someday, I could hit you up for like, Can you give me the exact date of this. As long as it's 97 on, I got it all, brother. That's freaking amazing. No. So yeah, when when uh the big wig era ends, like uh, I know you teach drums now, and you got sure. your start your starting line line uh job. Yep. I mean, I, you you, got, you you're kind of like the all around utility player for I think every band. Like you kind of just fill it. <laughs> you absorb songs pretty quick. You could kind of thank be you. The guy.
1: Huh. I mean, if you think about, you know, the cool thing is with it's not like like we were talking about Candiria before. It's not they're like not amazingly, you know, I mean, you get a basic hardcore song, a punk rock song. It's pretty, you know, pretty cookie cutter for the most part. I'm You know, like I said, we're not getting involved with like crazy Candiria, odd time signatures and shit like that, blah, blah, blah. But, um, yeah, I mean, after after I got fired and over from Bigwig by signing a bullshit contract, I came home painting for a year i got a phone call to go out and drum tech for the ataris i worked with them for a couple of years came home for about a year and out of nowhere the starting line called me i didn't know them they didn't know me and i'll tell you what i walked on their tour bus the very first day of the job with them and they they took me in like family and they are just the most amazing guys and i love them and i'm still i'm going to i'm going to vegas then i come home for a couple of days go back to Vegas. Then go to LA. And I think that's it. And then with my other band, Incendiary Device, which has come from the roots of the band Antidote, we're doing Portland and Seattle. couple day tour.
0: That's awesome. Um, so, let me back up one more time just yeah, to please. When you, the, when you said the big wig contract, I just kind of like, could you give me a little could you fill us in on exactly like what you signed and any, absolutely and, and any, I'm not trying to keep pointing point the, the, the bear at a big, wig. No, I no, no. anybody that's in a band, could you give them any advice about these contracts about like the proper way to do it? So could you explain what you did and basically what not to do there?
1: Okay. So it was in my seventh year of playing in big wig and a new, I knew Tom didn't like me and I know I didn't like Tom and it had been for like two years. You know what I mean? And I stuck with it for two years and you know, he came up with this thing and his uncle who was a lawyer had to sign a contract. Okay. And I'm signing the contract and I'm like, and it was my exact words. I'm like, I sign this contract. I lose all royalties. I lose all rights to being even in bigwig. I'm like, what's to say I'm not going to get fired? And Tom's exact words were not to sound, what was, I can't remember the exact words. He goes, how did he say it? He goes, well, let's face it. We need a drummer. So I signed the contract, bullshit contract, and I got fired and I was getting 28% of whatever the band made at that point. Lauren, I can't remember numerically what the number was. Uh But Tom's idea was, okay, fire Matt, who's getting 28%. Tom gets eight more percent, and we're going to hire the new drummer on for 20%, or maybe even 15 I don't even know what he hired him on. Yeah. Knowing Tom, he probably is like, you're going to get 10%. So gotcha. Could could,
0: could, could can yeah. I just freeze? Well, could you say, did you talk to any lawyer, or is this, this a bad Matt move for a second, like with the contract of of Bad maybe- Matt move. Okay.
1: Bad Matt move. I did. Yeah, um and my my check for for being fired from Bigwig was $300. That's what I got
0: being was like 300 That was like yep. your 7th day. Wow. 300 bucks.
1: And you want to know what? I never cashed it. So I'm actually still in the van. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did go I did I did go talk let's face it. I'm a drum teacher, I'm a painter. I'm not a fucking lawyer. You know what I mean, yeah. I don't know any of that shit. Like, I put all my faith in Fearless Records. They're they're cool. Kung yeah. Fu Records. Joe Escalante from from Kung Fu. I, I love the guy. I mean, Bob from Fearless, amazing guy. It's 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 a business, and I get it. They weren't yeah. fucking me over. Tom was fucking me over. They had no idea. And it'd be, they had no idea for years. Like, what do you mean you're not getting paid? You you don't make any money. You made five thousand dollars playing that show in California last night. You didn't get anything. You know. Yeah. Yeah. i got i got fucked man i i really i really did get fucked you know what i mean from from tom fucking Peta. you know what i mean oh you know i,
0: I would i would say that audience what, what matt just told you and for myself who everybody knows i'm you know i'm more of the film guy and stuff now but i just always say like don't sign anything without a lawyer checking it out and actually right. after that try to find a second opinion of uh, 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 sure. uh, a, a, another lawyer. Like, cause right. it's always those last few pages with all that, all this oh, yeah. English language where it's like, I don't understand what you're saying here. It's English, but basically saying we're screwing you over. If you sign this paper, that's all it's yeah, really not sure what it was. was, Right.
1: And, yep. and I was terrified not to sign it. And Tom was like making me sign it because he knew if I signed it, like I said, he could fire me and I got fired. I don't know if I told you, I got fired two, maybe three months later. And it's funny. I got fired, and like two days later, they played a show with another drummer. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so it was all—it was a setup. It was a setup. Have let's have Matt sign this. Co- my uncle's lawyer. Let's have Matt sign this fucking contract. He loses all his royalties, his rights. Blah blah blah. All this shit. I was—I didn't get royalties anyway, so whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? That was a whole other situation. You know what I mean? I, I signed a bullshit contract. I got fired, but in the end, when I saw that drummer who took my job and I saw him in Canada. I think it was on a warp tour. I was drum teching for the Ataris. I went up to him and I thought he thought I was going to fucking, you know, yeah. fucking try to fight him. And I go, you know what, dude? Thank you. Cause we need, thank you. You know what? For the first five days that I got fired from big wig, I was, I thought I lost like a family member. I was yeah. heartbroken. I was like, what am I going to do? Blah, blah blah. Lauren, that fifth, sixth day I woke up and I go, holy shit, I don't have to deal with Tom anymore. I don't have to hear him say, can you not zip your backpack that loud? I don't have to hear, no one from Big Wig is going to Taco Bell. We couldn't eat at Taco Bell. We couldn't eat at Subway. Now, in 1997, there's no other place in Colorado off a highway except for a Subway and fucking Taco Bell. We weren't allowed to eat there. We weren't allowed to have sex in the van. We had to drive two hours out of the way for Tom to buy weed. But yet. I was supposed to be the cokehead, which is a fucking bullshit thing. I'm just naturally hyper. Look at me. You know what I mean? He had so many. I used to have to sit on the floor so his dog could sit on the on the van seat. Yep. Yeah. Matt, you're not gonna make my have my sit dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he would guilt you. He he should be a lawyer. I told him all the time I'm like. Why are you in a band? You should be a fucking lawyer. He should have been a lawyer. He's good. you know. Seven yeah. years, I won one argument with that motherfucker. But, yeah, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate that guy. But like I said, when I saw the other drummer, I thanked him because I like, was you know what? I don't have to deal with this shit anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have a long list of all the shit that he put us through. When I was in the band for seven years, there were 16 or 17 other members going in and out. That tells you something.
0: Yeah, without a doubt, and you could honestly—you you, you could also look at though, as much as that was bad, you you played six hundred shows, and yeah. it led you to so many other right. things. Absolutely, yeah. Re- regardless, it paved, it
1: paved the way, right? And you know, I'm glad because I went to like Australia, New Zealand, Ireland, all over Europe, U.S., Canada, with the Ataris. And it was it was great, like it was great to come home. And then Tom walked on our tour bus. <laughs> so I was like, "What's up, Tom Peta? <laughs> Welcome to my tour bus, motherfucker." <laughs> I didn't say that; I kept it cool. But I was like, "I was the cocky one." I was like, "I got a tour bus. You still torn in a van, in a van, motherfucker?"
0: <laughs> what no. would uh, would you say now? Currently, anyone was listening to this. If it's years from now, it's currently two thousand twenty two. But what? What where would you say as far as the scenes going? Do you think it's still kind of because the scene changes every four years? I always say that sure. the people change, and all kind of like, but is there, is there any part of the integrity you you just wish kind of would come back or? Um. No, you know what? I,
1: I, we're obviously older. I think that we need obviously the new generation of bands to keep this. And, and in my opinion hardcore punk rock's never going to die because there's always going to be pissed off kids oh there's always going to be fucking pissed off rebellious kids my kid's 16 and he's an asshole you know what i mean he's (laughs) like like, ah was i like this but at least i was at punk shows going nuts stage diving and freaking out you know what i mean you know but um uh yeah we need the younger bands to keep it going and in my opinion there's there's no doubt in my mind that it won't keep going because there's always going to be angry kids you know what i mean and everything like like that. And there's always going to be kids that look up to the older bands be like, Oh shit, I want to sound like this band. I want to sound like that band or maybe take it and twist it and make it my own. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're older, obviously. So it's time for those new, new kids. You know what I mean? You know, I'm still, I still go to shows and everything, but my shows are more, if I'm playing, you know what I mean? Or if I'm working with the starting line or stuff like that. And like I see younger bands and we, I want to see that we have to, you know, to keep it going,
0: you know? Gotcha. And what would you say, uh, from back in your era, from when you first started the early PA hardcore scene, or even any of the, the New York Jersey bands? I mean, who are some of the bands that are with you for life in your heart? Like these are, these are my, my main bands out that, that you listen to constantly. Uh, everyone maybe. Do
1: I show my tattoos? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, my arm, yeah, sure. yeah. I mean,
0: we got yeah. Circle
1: Jerks, we got Minor Threat, we have Gorilla Biscuits, Dead Kennedys, Descendants, uh, Dead Milkmen, Fear, yeah. I think there's a Crumb Suckers one back here. Crumb Suckers is back there. What do we got over here? Agnostic Front, War Zone, uh, I don't know. War, War oh, Entry, oh. Killing Time. I don't know, I got a bunch. DRI, Sick of It All. I i have two Sick of It All tattoos, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, what's up, New Jersey Hardcore? Hell's yes!
0: There you go. Yeah, awesome. Oh, I love yeah. it. Dude.
1: Vision. Yeah, Vision was quick. Vision story. Most, in my opinion, most underrated hardcore band. Vision had aggression. They had cool harmonies. They had talent. Such amazing talent. Um, rest in power, Dave Franklin. Amazing, yep. amazing guy. Um, love, love the rest of the band. Just, just key players. Anyway, I went to City Gardens and I saw Vision. Blow, and I'm a big Ramones fan. They fucking blew the Ramones off stage, and that is wow. my fucking vision story. We walked in. There was probably like five of us, and we're like, "What the fuck is vision?" And we're standing there, and we're like, "Holy shit!" And they were amazing. And and I'm I'm like I'm a obviously a pretty big fan, but like even every, people are like, "Ah, the first record, the second record." They put out a lot all the records in my opinion were pretty freaking awesome. You know what I mean? They have four or five records. You know what I mean?
0: They, they were you definitely know? a band that it was always weird. They were never on a bad show. Like when you saw Vision coming, nope. that entire lineup was this like who's who? Is it, it was always you knew, you, including them, you knew you were gonna have like one hell of a show. It wasn't they never seem to get on. I don't know if it's just luck or it's just they must have known these shows, but like yeah, they I mean, were never on uh, they were never like with a four bad bands or like what sure. are they doing with them? They were always yep. a good show. Absolutely. Yeah, great great guys love them. They're just, you
1: know, what I mean they, they made a huge impact for me. You know what I mean? Obviously, I wouldn't have
0: that tattoo, you know what but, I mean? So then basically taking the conversation from there to overhear. I mean, currently behind me, I got a Warzone uh, poster. Do Fuck you yeah. do you have any any stories about Rabies or what Warzone meant to the hardcore scene? Because I will say, Warzone for me was a very important band. But I do believe Rabies died. I think right. it was '96 or '97, and we all know, if you're an American, what September 11th turned into years later. And Absolutely. I just think, I just think he is because of his unfortunate birthday f- fell on something huge in American history that you don't see memes of rabies around. And I just think you should. I think people like no one really ever says like, "Hey, today's rabies' birthday," because you know. I got what But I mean, could you just give a little what your take of what the guy meant?
1: I got a great war zone story. So when I was in high school. We we were stoked because it was a Wednesday night, and we're like, we're gonna go to the city to CBGBs to see Warzone. So it was like it was another another show, like five bucks. So it was me, my three friends. We get in the car. We go to we go to oh shit sorry, right. we go to we go to um CBGBs to see Warzone. We get there and it's just Warzone playing, and there's nobody around. So we pay, we go inside, and it's me, my three friends, and this random skinhead dude. And we're like, Warzone's playing tonight, right? And they're like, yeah, they're setting up right now. It was a photo shoot for Warzone. It was a special, weird, random show. So it was me, my three friends, and some random skinhead dude from Brooklyn standing there watching Warzone do a show on a Wednesday night. And we were kids. We didn't know that tables, the tables were set up. We didn't. And that was another thing because CGBs did the matinees where they took the tables away. So Wednesday night, all the tables were set up. You know, what I mean, we walk in, there's nobody there. So weird thinking about that. Walk in, the tables are all set up, and there's nobody there. It's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's my that's my my war zone story as far as my memory with that and everything. Yeah. It's like a yeah. photo shoot. They were doing like photography, you know, all these nice cameras set up and shit like that.
0: <laughs> pretty yeah. cool. Crazy times, yeah. They, I just yeah. think they were a bit, definitely a very important band. That you know, the New York hardcore people definitely aren't going to forget that. But I just think, like, no. outside of that, I just, I just think it's a band everybody should should check out. Uh, Absolutely,
1: very yeah. underrated. Yeah,
0: Bye. that's why I got my killer. Ah, yeah. okay. Yep, yep. There's my Warzone tattoo right there. That's a beautiful one, indeed.
1: Hell yeah!
0: Yeah, and. Speaking of odd shows, now that you were just talking about that one with Warzone. My first, and I brought up at the beginning of the show. My first New York hardcore show. I remember my mom uh, gets a phone call at like nine thirty in the morning on a Sunday, and my mom basically kicks the door open and goes, <laughs> "She didn't know you, but she knew your name." She's like, "Lord, wake up!" I'm like, "What? What?" Well, I thought something bad happened. She's like, "She goes, Matt Gray's on the phone and says." He's leaving for New York in one hour. Can you make it? And <laughs> that was you know, the infamous Beastie Boys and Sick of It All show at Coney Island High for five bucks. And that's where five I bucks, baby, my New York hardcore uh, virginity. And I flew. I was like in and out of the shower in three minutes. And I'm like flooring it. I'm like, move, move.
1: Didn't we have like seven or eight people in my minivan?
0: It they was pretty three, deep. There was... It was Okay, so it was me, my friend Perry from Carbondale. Yeah, my cousin, Jerry Leppery was, wasn't even in the scene, but he was just around with Perry, so he had to come to. Uh, Dave Tyler. The, Dave another, Tyler.
1: Someone Is else. Dan, I think Dan Janda. I'm pretty sure yeah. Dan Janda. He was part of the Shotspur. Yeah. Probably had, Pat Matroly. Probably yeah, Pat Naturali.
0: And there was definitely like a, a girlfriend or two of, not mine, but of, of, of anybody else up there.
1: Well, do you, I remember this at, uh, we, uh, Lori, Lori rebel angel.
0: Yeah. Came, Laura. Um,
1: yeah. That Laura, duh, duh. Yeah. He came home with us cause she yeah. randomly in the city and I think she was walking by. She's like, what are you guys doing? We're like, do well, you remember what, you remember what beastie boys was called? They were called Quasar and sick of it all was called alleyway crew. Yes. You know, so they went under secret names. And, you know what I mean? What an amazing show. That was awesome.
0: Oh, gosh. I remember being in line. And that was like, I think it was a January. So it was like genuinely like cold. But it's all up there in New York for the I day. Can't, I can't remember. But and God, I, remember, um, I remember driving home. I wonder if you remember this. And this is written in your journal. You were speeding. And you you got pulled over. and oh, you, I did. You, got, you got a heavy fine. And you got mad because you thought it was a warning. And you're like, double check this. And we looked. I think it was like $154, and you grabbed it. You threw it out the window. I did. Oh <laughs> shit! I don't remember that. Wow. You are mad, and I'm like, yeah. Oh. Not, yeah. <laughs> because no he, you, said, you said to the cop, I'll remember because I'm I'm pretty good with cops. I just know but, like, I, yeah, you're gonna play the game. I had a game, and you instigated it because you go, well, uh, you send to the cop, like, obviously, I'm not from around here, so <laughs> I didn't realize the speed limit. And he goes, obviously. And you go, yeah, obviously. He goes, I'll be right back. And I'm like, shit. He's, uh, he's going to throw the book uh, at him. He's it, 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 it was like $154. Oh, man.
1: <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> I paid it somehow. I probably uh, got the yeah, phone call.
0: Yeah. But that was just. That's just how we were up there at that yeah. time. It, it's it, it's amazing what everybody turned into up there because there's so many people that broke off in the like bands that are still going to today or like you know Kurt's. from Mushmouth owns Club Reverb now. I mean, awesome. it's that great. is awesome. It's, Good for him.
1: That is yeah. I, I got I got to tell you, the punk shows in the Poconos, and it really kind of gets me thinking. I'm like, because you know my basement, you know my backyard. I mean. I don't know if I want to deal with it, but it'd be pretty freaking awesome, man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and just
0: just have shit like that, you know. But I got yeah. plenty of parking.
1: And who was the?
0: <laughs> who was? I think it was one of your relatives because I never knew who pl- whose place it was. But where was the place where up by you? For anyone who loves the movie Days That Confused, the uh, the fifth right. who had fifteen uh, keggers of black yeah. and tan. Who well, whose place
1: was that? That was my cousin. Are are you ready for this? And my property butts up against that.
0: Oh, my God, dude. You're living in the the crazy, man. Right there. Right there.
1: My my backyard butts up with the the dirt road. You probably remember, but there was a dirt road that went up to the pond. My backyard, right there, butts up to it.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, you, 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 your band played there numerous times. FCK, oh. we had no, we we had no redeeming social value. Come up there one time, no redeeming social value with fifteen kegs. That's freaking. We beautiful. did.
1: Who else played? I
0: can't remember. I, that was. I, it was so like we because it those weren't a hard like considered hardcore shows. It was just everybody who was everybody. Like there would be people rapping up there and stuff. Like it was whatever. Absolutely. Acoustic guitars, like is yeah. whoever wants to go up and do something.
1: Yeah, that's what it was. Kegs yep. and just bands getting together and everything like that. Yeah, that that place is obviously still there. It's uh-huh. you know a lot different. You know what I mean? But my property's right up against that. Yeah,
0: uh, crazy. It's I just awesome remember, house. I just remember losing my car. Uh, like it's there, but you got to go through so many. Like like it's it's just open land, but be a big parking lot. And I just remember people with pickup trucks. I'd hear them having sex, so I'd be like a perv. I'd walk by, and every time I walked right into, it would be like, man-ass. Like, I'd look up, my god, The guy's always on top. of my, god damn it, man, that backfired.
1: <laughs> Were you at the party where the dude was walking around selling crystal meth wearing a nun's costume? That doesn't okay. jump out, but I had Oh, one. okay. Yeah, yeah there yeah. was a dude dressed up in a nun's costume walking around selling crystal meth. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, the
0: i remember was uh the, the 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 preppies those wigger kids i remember they yeah, were over- right. getting into a big fight and i remember yeah. Neil from soulless at the time where they were playing and a fight broke out he ran in and didn't know who was the good guy or bad guy he just started right. swinging and we're all like what are you doing oh man <laughs> i remember that it like, sucks what- because most of them were my relatives,
1: you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, yeah. they they all still are, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. It's funny it's because like, my cousin that, that owns that, like probably about 10, 15 years ago, he's like, hey, do you have any connection with Life of Ag? He's like, I'd like to get him up here and play at the pond. I go, I don't, but that'd be fucking awesome. You yeah. know what I mean? You know, like, and yeah, obviously it's just. Were they know, just not,
0: remembering yeah. them from the pancake house? Like, yeah, like- yeah. Yeah, because wow. they,
1: would, they would go see him at like CC's and stuff like that. You know what I mean? They weren't really diehard into the music like you and I were and everything like that. They were obviously more into like hip hop and rap and stuff like that. But um, they, they obviously took a liking to, to Life of Agony. And it was like, hey, I don't really have any connections. And at this point, it was like 15 years ago. It was like, all I'm thinking is like, do you really want to put your property
0: you know i mean
1: it's we're we're different yeah
0: but also you got insurance problems now like it right you had them then but like it's more of a a big thing now if someone gets hurt there a different world different total
1: different world i mean you know 25 years ago at
0: least you know i mean so and one of the things i remember like this is back when like me and perry were attached to the the hip when we go to the like any party especially where you were at we would park six blocks away in case the cops came because we were underage that Absolutely. we could run through everybody's yard to get to the car because all the cop wanted to do was get the, the bunch. Like They're not worried about a few stragglers. We were no, we not were really, really smart. And I remember what where, where we're talking about with the pond. I remember the cops showed up, and I don't know who was at the gate, but they're like, this is private property. You can't come on here. I- Oh no! She, probably my cousin. Yeah. They're in the party, and the cops like, we know there's underage drinking. Like it's, it. oh, they're right. like, you can't come on here without. And, and and they held them. But remember, from a distance, we saw the blue and and the red. And I remember, sure. like, I I'm driving, so I dropped the beer, and I'm I'm eating all the bread and everything. I'm like, like they didn't get <laughs> me. They <laughs> ain't eat. They ain't get, I remember I stayed like another three hours. I'm like, they could pull me over all they want. I am fine, and I was. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah.
1: But I was yeah, here and smart. there.
0: They were sniping people, you know, that were immediately leaving because they weren't allowed. They never got onto the land.
1: Gotcha. So,
0: yeah, yeah. So but I was I'm always always thinking. I'm like, it's probably the Italian thing of me. You're, you're smart
1: thinking. about yeah, absolutely. See, yeah, for me I'm, it was easy because I could just walk home because my parents' house is right there. I, yeah. I just walked down that walk down the, the road, you know what I mean? So yeah. But yeah, but, if you ever come back up here sometime, let me know.
0: I'll take we'll go up there and we'll relive some memories, man. I'll take <laughs> you up to the pond for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no. I always tell people because I'm down, you know, down here in Philly area now. But I always tell them, you had no. They say, "Oh my God, how'd you live up there?" I'm like, I didn't even live in Scranton. I lived 16 miles past Scranton. You were another 20, 25 miles past me. And they're like, "What did you do up there?" I'm like, when I tell them these stories, I'm like, "Oh man, you missed out in the city lifestyle." I'm like, "Yeah, but we made." when there's hundreds of people you're hanging out with every weekend, mm-hmm. even on weekdays. I mean, we we made we made the best of everything.
1: Hell yeah. We really
0: did. Even hell if it was yeah. like a band at Proof Rocks in Scranton, like like, yep. Forgot like about Proof Rocks. played there all yep. the time. The down Forgot train about Proof Rocks. There total. All yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah. But it it was crazy how we just would figure something out. You know, Absolutely. you definitely had those blown weekends where no one did anything. You're like, damn it, I gotta get out of here. But for sure. the most well, that's we made- why
1: we'd always be trying to find parties or something like that. If there was no punk rock show, like where's the keg party? You know? Yep. That's, that's what that was my goal. Punk rock show or a keg party. You know? Yep. Because I didn't want to sit home on a Friday and Saturday or watch Saturday Night Live. Fuck Saturday Night Live. I don't want to yeah, sit yeah. home then. I'm like yeah. I'm 25, you know. I personally think I got to live a longer youthful life than most people. You know what I mean? I got I, I was very blessed. I got to go on tour. I still on touring for a little bit. I mean, if you think about it, those people 18, they're they like, okay, I'm 18. I'm going to get married when I'm 25, have 2.5 children. You know what I mean? Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to go to college, get my career. You know, do I have a career? No. You know what I mean? But do I like where I'm at? Sure. Yeah. I love teaching drum lessons. It's freaking well, awesome. I just did three online drum lessons an hour ago before we started yeah. this.
0: And you just said something cool about staying young, like keeping young. Number one, everybody who's usually married with children – They they have that look on their face, like you know, like that's all. all, Their glory years now are either talking about their children or talking about when they're past with their buddies and stuff. Sure. And this, not just hardcore and punk, but music in general keeps you young. Absolutely. And and, and Shows. And I'm a guy. I everybody knows I'm in film, and I do. I wear a lot of hats, and even doing podcasts now, obviously. But sure, guys. I mean. I will never give up music. Hey, but it's what we love. Yeah, compared to you know 1996 here with Warzone, which is eighteen dollars on September 14th at CC's with anybody listening from our area. We had manhole, feeble, strong intention, living proof, and bomb threat. That's that's the show there. This is nineteen ninety-six is a CC's poster. So badass. It's it's laminated. (laughs) oh is it really oh
1: that's cool yeah like i was saying before i don't i don't know if i was at that show because i was touring in
0: 96 so i don't know but and uh if anyone's looking over here to this bloodlet poster that the date's on it right there that's april 14th 1996 at uh music so it's damnation ad with 25 to life bloodlet Dead guy, four by four, big block, and November's fire. Who I don't remember. I don't remember. November. I was at that show. Yep, totally remember that show. Yep. And at the bottom it says, "Remember, no tough guy shit." Yeah, I don't think that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I saw a man of war at CC's for I think it was ten bucks. I definitely did not see that show. I've, I remember hearing about it all the time, though.
1: Man of War, and I'm—I'm I'm pretty sure it was ten dollars. And I'm a huge, huge. I'm surprised I don't have a Man of War tattoo. I'm a huge Man of War fan. It, I don't know. It, it needs to keep growing. It needs to keep going. New bands need to keep happening. More girls in the scene, not because of you know, blah blah blah, but. Like it'd be cool to have girl bands doing it. I know that you know that. You know, I mean? oh my I'm god,
0: there, awesome. there are reasons, unless there's one out there I don't know about. Why is there not an all girl hardcore band like at all? I'm sure there is. Forgive my
1: ignorance on this. I, I it's it's funny because it sucks. I'm like, kind of, I've actually, as far as new music, I've actually been going back in time to like listen to bands that I, I missed out on from yes. the 80s. Doing all 90s and stuff like that. I'm actually going, because I like the recordings back then, blah, blah, blah. Some of the stuff that comes out now, it's a little too polished. Even the band that I'm in, Incendiary Device, we just recorded. And and I can say this. I'm a little nervous it's going to be too polished and clean. You know what I mean? And not as edgy and raw, you know? I'm very big on
0: what, and that's another thing. I mean... Now I'm kind of slapping my, my 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 whole legacy of my friends and all that, but I do know what you're talking about when you say too polished. And I also don't like when I hear a band won't play a basement, won't play a garage, like they got to have a PA guy and a sound right. system. Like, well, you kind of got away from what this scene was built on of this show up and do yeah. the best you can and your friends are going to go off to this music and Yep. It, it to me that's my if you want to say my ultimate gripe with the scene is we're kind of too much of a corporation it, it just because okay. it, we okay. got we got the tattoos and everything and like right, but, right. Uh, sometimes i the the money i'm hearing the bands are making i'm kind of like good for Jealousy. them <laughs> it, Yeah, <laughs> but, you're, but you're like good for them because i always tell people too when the people are like well the band sold out and they took the music went over here i'm like well, there's one or two things that happen with that band that you're talking about. They're 25 and living home with their mom. They don't want to do that. The scene's right. not paying for them. So right. they got to reach out to more people. So which one do you want? You know, exactly. but there's also that, like, wow, this hardcore band makes uh, 8000 to 10000 a show. Cool, slash. Holy shit. Wow. Isn't that. It, doesn't it just seem like it's wow. it's not underground anymore you know you're like
1: oh no of course not oh no i agree yeah no, yeah I, I totally agree with you on that absolutely you know what i mean but that's what's cool about if you have the younger younger bands come up to like like i said keep the torch going and everything and those younger younger bands i'm sure well maybe not what's today wednesday yeah maybe not today but this weekend there's some underground hardcore punk band i just don't know about it i'm sure you just don't know about it because yeah. we're
0: older and I didn't start getting the GBS towards the last six years, Uh, uh as when I got, when I got the Philly, because we'd go on Sundays for the matinee, and it'd be done at ten thirty, and we'd be home right. by midnight, and, and I'm in bed, perfect amount of time to wake up the next day. But um I, where when you went to that, did the bathroom stalls have doors then? Oh God, no. Yeah, because no. if you had to drop a deuce at CBGB's, everybody watched. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. I mean, I <laughs>
1: thought that was from, like, the 70s that it never even had doors. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not that old, but I wasn't there yeah. then. My, you, start- you
0: could piss, you'd piss in there, no problem, where guys will pee anywhere, but, like, you weren't taking a deuce. That, that would have been – you would have had 30 people watching you at all times oh, at it, Thankfully, it I bro- did never had to there, so, which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> I always said when I went to New York from our area, like, I'd watch what I ate because you didn't want to be looking for a bathroom to do that in New York. You didn't want to do that. No. Yeah. Yeah. You you hardly ate that day. It's
1: (laughs) a lot cleaner now. That's not as bad as those 25 years ago. I mean, dude, I started going to New York City like 87. And I mean, it was fucking insane. I remember when Times Square was like strip clubs and, and porn shop. I remember that. You know what I mean?
0: And it was taxi driver. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, crazy. All right. Well, Matt, uh, thank you so much for uh coming on and uh telling it's this awesome, uh, this awesome audience, our crazy youth, because it all definitely happened and uh yeah,
1: out of doubt. I'm yes. sorry if I talk too much. This is great. You know, we never no such
0: thing talking too much. I know you'd be an entertaining guest. Awesome. As far as uh I know you, you do drum lessons, all that. Anything you want to sure. plug, how to get a hold of you or anything you got coming up, the floor is yours.
1: Um. Yeah. Like I said, I'm I'm doing so. The newer band that I'm in is called Incendiary Device, and we just recorded, and it should be out next. Year. We're actually trying to do um on Bridge Nine with Chris Wren. We're trying to do it on Bridge Nine, and like I'm just a drum tech for the band called The Starting Line. I'm most it's not hardcore, you know what I mean. But they're just the most amazing. I love those guys. They they took me in, and they know I'm like you know dirty punk rock guy. You know what I mean. I love them. They're great, and um. You know, painting houses, teaching drum. I have like 40 some drum students that I teach. So,
0: Does someone want to check out like your work or get a hold of, want to improve being a drummer? Uh, or is there a way to uh, get a hold of you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of old and late. I don't really do it's I, I'm lame. I'm sorry. I'm 50. <laughs> um, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I'm on Instagram. Never. I mean, you know what I mean? Just Matt Gray Facebook. And I know that's, I sound like the old guy, but. I really don't plug myself too much, Lauren. I, oh, I honestly don't. Like, you know, what I mean, you, you know, I just don't. It's just I'm lame. I don't know.
0: Easy <laughs> enough. You, you're 50, you can be lame all you want. You did enough. Yeah, you, you you definitely have a uh dude, you're you could take that diary and make turn that into a movie, dude. There's there's definitely uh some nobody good wants to see thing. my
1: diary. Nobody wants to see my movie.
0: <laughs> Sweet. Well, Matt, awesome. I thank you uh, so much for being a part of Average Superstar TV. Right on. And much luck to you. Thank you for what you do. This is
1: awesome, man. You keep it going, brother.
0: Thanks. And you could definitely check out Matt and uh, my movie, the Pennsylvania Hardcore Documentary, which is free on Tubi. You can watch that at any time. And I also thank this audience for taking the time once again, stopping by. I drop a new show every Monday. Please hit that subscribe button on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. And with that, I will say, see you next week. The party is over.